0: It, it seemed that the time was right, especially when I when I made the transition from clinical practice to academic medicine. I had a little more time, I had a little more free time. The idea for this book had been knocking around since the time of my own miscarriage. And I finally, you know, pulled it out of the drawer and decided that I was gonna move forward with, with writing the book that I had always hoped somebody else would have written my entire, you know, clinical
1: career. Today we're chatting with author Corey Bale about her book, Why Mommy is Crying, a children's book to explain pregnancy loss to a young child. Hi, Corey. Hi, Deb. How are you? Really good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on. I, I love talking to anybody who's written anything, basically. I love talking about writing. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, um, as I have told you, I'm an OB-GYN. I've been in practice for over 30 years. And about uh, five years ago, I transitioned to um, our local medical school, the University of Central Florida College of Medicine. And I'm now teaching medical students um, in the first okay. uh, years of their education.
1: Awesome. So your book is why mommy is crying correct i get the I get the phrasing right i always want to say it differently why, why is, mommy? is mommy crying that's yeah i always i always want to like re- rearrange the word choice um sure. and it's about miscarriage or you're explaining miscarriage to young children correct correct okay so what was the path you took to creating it i mean how did it all start
0: Early in my career, I, you know, was, a, I, I had young children, I had a, a three and a one year old, and I personally experienced a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And in the process of looking for resources, not just for myself, but, but to help explain what happened to my children, who, mm-hmm. who were aware that there was a sadness, but not didn't know the cause of it. I looked for this book, I looked for a children's picture book that would help make the miscarriage understandable in context, not just of the family, but sort of of the right. larger universe. Right. And there was nothing. I mean, nothing. Um, and, and I would check in once in a while looking for this book uh-huh. and uh, there was still nothing. Um, there's, been a recent trend, I think, in children's writing to address difficult topics. There have been some really great books about, you know, when a grandparent dies, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, things like moving, even abuse. But really still nothing about about miscarriage. Maybe some very religious-specific books or um, our angels in heaven kind of stuff, but okay, nothing right. That I thought was more general. So, mm-hmm. um, I I have always enjoyed writing. I've done some short story writing. Um, I'm interested in the whole field of narrative medicine and using, you know, journaling as a way to help students, uh, right. medical students, especially process mm-hmm. uh, the experiences that they're having. Some of which are very first time, very intense, like the cadaver lab, mm-hmm. the first time they lose those kinds of things. And so. Um, it, it, it seemed that the time was right, especially when I when I made the transition from clinical practice to academic medicine. I had a little more time, I had a little more free time. The idea for this book had been knocking around since the time of my own miscarriage. And I finally, you know, pulled it out of the drawer and decided that I was gonna move forward with with writing the book that I had always hoped somebody else would have written my entire you know right. clinical career.
1: Yeah, I can understand like kids that age, they're going it's like they're kind of in that that weird spot where they can understand that there's something bad has happened and everybody's very sad about something but they don't they also don't really have maybe the mental capacity yet to understand exactly what has happened.
0: I think I think children really do understand emotions. If mm-hmm. anything, their job is to sort of modulate their their emotions and their understanding of emotions but they know what love is they know mm-hmm. what grief is right they get it and they need to they need uh, and I think that they appreciate someone explaining it to them in terms they can understand but they don't have any problem understanding that there's you know that the emotion is there
1: that's mm-hmm. that's not true. Right, yeah, kids know. kids get emotion, that, that's for sure. My kids definitely know if mommy's having a bad day without me even saying anything. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so um, while you were writing the book, what's one thing you, now looking back on it, I guess, now what's one thing you wish you'd known before you started and jumped in and wrote the book?
0: I was very surprised. I mean, I knew writing was a business. I knew, you know, if I had been a celebrity, I would have, you know, found a publisher a lot easier. Uh, I I knew that, that, that I was writing a niche book that wasn't going to be like a, a seasonal or holiday. Right. Person. It's not the pow, pow, <laughs> fish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but I, I didn't, realize how how children's publishing and this may be true for adult publishing for all I know, but there is a Christian what what, what in this country, the religious fiction market is considered Christian literature and then con, you know conventional everything else literature or, or, mm-hmm. or books and how deep that divide was because I did not want to write a book that was pigeonholed as as being specific to one religion, I wanted it to be non-denominational, but I also know that the concept of a God, God, you know, caring for the spirit of someone, you know, is, mm-hmm. is a concept that children will find a great deal of comfort in from the child's point of view, regardless of of um, the religious beliefs of the parents. Right, But me, I, that was, that was not a line that I could, I did not realize how hard it would be to not be pigeonholed. And, and and I might have done the manuscript a little bit differently had I understood that a little bit better. But I, I'm I'm really happy with how it turned out. And maybe I wouldn't have. But if I had known ahead of time, it might have made a difference.
1: Okay. Okay. Um- so what when you were when you actually sat down to start writing it what did your writing routine look like like how did you structure that time and like how' did you shoehorn it into your day
0: <laughs> I, I think every every writer who is not an established writer and and you know, struggles with this um and you know finding time as, mm-hmm. as a as Uh, full-time physician as a full-time mother uh, as a as somebody who's managing a household you know it is very hard to find time for anything but but I I really you know I had written the original story 30 plus years ago and then I had I, I pulled it out at various times to revise it but you know actual fi- finding the hours of the day, you know, you have to give something else up. I mean, maybe I didn't exercise and go to the gym as much as I should have, or you know, the dog got a shorter walk and uh, right. you know, the kid up 40 minutes late. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they got Take out for dinner. I feel like you're
1: just talking about my life right now. <laughs>
0: You're younger than me, but I know your life. Yes, I, I would.
1: Do. <laughs> we are definitely eating a lot more takeout than we used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just like We're I look at I'm working, chicken. working, working, like and I, yeah, and you look at the clock, and it's suddenly like five o'clock, and You're like, oh my god, I haven't made anything for dinner. <laughs> what do you want from DoorDash?
0: Wait, <laughs> right, right, you have DoorDash? I was I had the rotisserie chicken at the supermarket. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> and a bag of string beans.
1: <laughs> so did anyone help you get started along the way
0: i have a friend in town named Joni oaken who is um the author of an independently published but very successful book called to hold the throne which is historical fiction about the last Maccabean okay. prince
1: Ooh,
0: and, sounds interesting.
1: Um, oh it is it's, it's a very good book i recommend it mm-hmm. Joni i oaken. love i love my historical <laughs> fiction
0: yeah. Oh, I, very. It's sort of a red tent kind of book. Um, okay. I, I I would recommend it. She she did a great job. Um, and when I was telling Joni, sort of my frustrations about things like you know I wanted control in, in children's book writing and I've, I've known this forever if you're the author and not the author illustrator then traditional publishers want to pick the illustrator and I wanted mm-hmm. control I had a very clear vision of what I wanted the protagonist to look like of what I wanted the book to look like
1: mm-hmm.
0: what type of artist I wanted and I wanted control over that and and Joni said look You're going to have trouble with this book anyway, because there's not, you know, it it is hard to find a traditional publisher who wants to publish a niche book about children's grief. Mm -hmm. If you don't already have a big track record in writing and, and you may want to go the independent route. And she said, I'll help you. I mean, I will help you. I'm not going to be your publisher, but I will help you. I've done it. And, and I know where you, you know, find the artists. I know where you where what your choices are of publishers and you can go the independent route.
1: That's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad you had that in your corner. Uh,
0: Yeah. As as it turns out, I ended up going a little bit different route with hybrid publishing, which I I, I turned out pretty happy with, but Joni was a lot of help. And, and it was through her advice and handholding that I first learned about Ingram sparks. And I first learned about, you know, um, uh, Amazon self publishing, and, mm-hmm. and I first learned about how you go about finding the people to help you put the book together. So right. I, I really appreciate Joni, and, and uh, she was a good source of advice.
1: Uh, speaking of the illustrations, where did you eventually find the illustrator?
0: Um, the Society for Children's um, Writers and Book Illustrators, SCWBI, mm-hmm. they're a great organization lots and lots of resources but one of the things they also have is artist galleries and portfolios and there's also a couple of independent sites to look at i must have looked at something like three or four hundred portfolios maybe even more to find i wanted somebody who had a sense of whimsy but who was very accessible i didn't want it to look too cartoonish um Mm -hmm. i wanted uh the emotion of the child uh, to be reflected by the stuffed animal he carries around for visual interest and Mm -hmm. and also reflected by the moon that's in the window. And and so they had to be able to really express emotion and be accessible and and have that sense of fun. And um, I found Heather Bell through the SCWBI um, website and the artist portfolios there and she was such a joy to work with. She's, she's you know much younger um, uh, illustrator at the beginning of her career. She had another book called Mac and Cheese about these cute little pink hamsters <laughs> uh, that, that, that was out that was wonderful. And she really, she got me, she got the book and she contributed a great deal to the book. Uh, I'm very grateful to her.
1: That's awesome. I actually, I expect you to say something like Fiverr or something. That's where most people seem to go these days. So I'm, I'm surprised you didn't use something like that.
0: I think that. I was there too. I mean, I think yeah. I, I, I did. A couple of sites, Joni pointed me to, we spent a lunch or two when people still went out to lunch and had babies. <laughs> nobody wore masks, where we, where we you know, looked over the laptop and went through mm-hmm. portfolios. I narrowed it down to like four choices. And I think one, one said, well, I can get to you in about a year and a half. And one never answered me. Uh and one I didn't realize, I mean, to my shame, didn't really I mean, recognize a name as a big award-winning children's uh uh illustrator mm-hmm. who wanted, I don't know, some rage just about like
1: a luxury afford.
0: or a small house kind right. of payment. Um and then there was Heather and it, and it was just it was just perfect.
1: That's awesome. I'm, that's oh so nice to hear when something comes together that nicely. Like it, it feels like everything, especially if you're doing like the self publishing route, it feels like everything is just kind of a fight to move forward to the next step. And that's always nice to hear when something just kind of like, ah, comes together.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I, I
0: certainly felt that way and it, it, it has been, I mean, Every step of the way of working with Heather, Heather has been a pleasure. And, and there are times when I've said, well, now I have to, you know, I don't know anything about bleeds and I don't know anything about, gee, I know what to do. You know, <laughs> <And> she, she <laughs> really knew her, her job, uh, she knew all the stuff that I never knew and didn't know. And I, it, it was just great.
1: That's awesome. Um So, how I guess while you were working on the book, I don't want to sort of say writing the book, since you're we're talking about the entire journey of your book. You're talking, we're talking about writing and figuring out the the illustrations, and figuring out the publishing, and figuring out the distribution and marketing. Um, How do you balance life and work and authorship?
0: Well, I mean. you're, you know, everyone's always trying to figure that out, right? Especially because yes. <laughs> this
1: is, yeah. I, <laughs> That's mainly why the question's there. Nobody knows the answer to that one.
0: Right, right, right. So the other thing though, is that I had a very clear idea of how I was going to market this book and what I was going to do with it once, once I had it in my hands. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that part I thought was really easy. It, it was a no brainer to me. Oh, you know, I'll go, you know, I'll go to the grief organizations. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go to the mm-hmm. Compassionate Friends. I'll go to the Starlight Foundation. They'll they'll be interested in this book. They'll put it on their websites. And, and that has happened. But I also thought, oh, and I'll go to the professional organizations. I'll show up at the American College of Nurse Midwives or the American College of OBGYN. And I'll have my little booth and I'll show everybody what I've done. And people will mm-hmm. take it back into their practices and have it the way I wish I had had it as right. a physician. But then COVID happened.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, COVID messing everything up. Remember
0: that. And so this, this book was actually published um, January of 2019 is when I got the book. Of
1: oh, my I remember was, January uh, 2019. That was the last time we went to school. No, In 2020,
0: <laughs> I think it January
1: 2020.
0: Okay. I, I COVID has completely wrecked my sense of time january yes. 2021 uh-huh. it's when this book got in my hands
1: january 2021 okay that <laughs> so i think covid's um, wrecked my sense of time too like i i'll just agree with anything january, anybody says that's when covid started like yes it started in 1782 i agree with that
0: once i found a publisher and and they were pretty quick, I have to say. I mean, I don't remember exactly how many months it was, but it it wasn't a terrible long amount of time because I had this book ready. This book was ready. Mm-hmm. They had they. They, they didn't got, have to know, do anything. To all the graphics, I it had been copy edited to death. I mean, it was done. Mm-hmm. I actually, I actually had another publisher. I had a publisher briefly locally, mm-hmm. um, and it fell through. And when I when I and I just I I, I so dreaded because I started I mean I spent a year trying to place this with a traditional publisher maybe before mm-hmm. and could not find one and when somebody finally said oh okay we'll do it um, it was a very small publishing house and and he said you know usually what happens is somebody wants to publish a memoir for their family and. You know, we run out sixty copies of the book, and that's uh-huh. that. They pay us; we're done. But, but there are, but we also will represent and and market and publish maybe two or three titles a year. And we'd like to do your book. But then he sent me a contract that I didn't understand. It was like the weirdest contract, and and it I had a lot of questions. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot
1: of questions. Understandably,
0: my, yes. There, my friend Joni, who who wrote uh-huh. to hold own, was a lawyer. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Joni, Joni to the rescue again! Hey, Joni to the rescue again. She was so great. So and so, she looked at the contract. And she said, "This contract's really weird." And I and I, so I said to him, "It. You sent me a contract, but I. It seems that I'm having a little trouble understanding it." He goes, mm-hmm. "Oh, I just cut this down from a bigger contract that I usually had. I'm trying to simplify things." And I said, well, it, it really doesn't talk about the, you know, what you're going to do to promote the book at all. And, mm-hmm. and uh, anyway, the long and the short of it is he decided it was a great book, but that I was being too difficult because I was asking. And so I really just felt like, okay, maybe, maybe I, I had decided that I didn't want to self-publish in the sense that I didn't want a pile of books that I was then licking the envelopes and addressing mm-hmm. to send out to people. Um, and I wanted some professional help. And and I, I don't remember, I think it was a sort of a friend of a friend who was in New York publishing. Uh, I was given an email address and I wrote to her and I said, I, I, I'm not asking you to publish this book but I need some advice. And I, I sent her a PDF. All the artwork was done then. Mm-hmm. We had a mock-up that was, that was pretty close to what the book does look like. And she wrote me back I, I, and she said, you know, I'm going to tell you I'm a very rare thing in New York publishing. I'm an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think you should need to stick with this. This is a great book. I, I want to see it get published. Have you thought about hybrid publishing? And I was like, what's that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't think most people know about hybrid publishing.
0: Hybrid publishing, I think actually can mean a lot of different things, but she specifically referred me to Greenleaf Books, which is one of the very profitable, very successful hybrid publishers out of Austin. They're out of Austin, Texas. And River Grove Books is, is their print on demand division. Mm -hmm what this book was done under, but um, she mentioned Greenleaf Books and and she said, you know, you might want to just talk to them. So I, I called them. I called Greenleaf Book. They had a phone number on their website, a contact us number. And I was sort of at my wit's end. And I said, look, I've just been dumped by my publisher for asking too many questions and I'm over it. I just, I want a decision on this book within two weeks. And um, (laughs) if you don't mind me asking questions, just tell me now and you don't even have to read the book. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I was not. Right. I was not at my professional best, right? But I
1: just, (laughs) that happened, right? Right. Everybody has an end.
0: Right. And they said, we love our writers to ask questions. There's no question you can't ask us. We're really happy to help you um, we'll, we'll give you a decision in 10 days if that's soon enough. <laughs> and, and we're sorry, you've had this horrible experience.
1: Uh-huh. That sounds so like I, awesome. Right.
0: I was just absolutely hooked. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, Oh, the other shoe's going to fall, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to nickel and dime, me with that. They're but they really, they never were anything other than professional. I mean, they looked at the book. It's an a la carte system there's I mean there's no nobody's going to give you a um what do they call it and they pay you up front for the book a retainer no one's mm-hmm. going to what's the word in publishing oh uh, um,
1: you asked me my brain's gonna just blank on me um but yes the the check they the the, the forward check they give you to basically buy the rights to your book the, right so nobody's uh, gonna send me a jack nobody I think of this in like five minutes and just blurt it out
0: right and that and that actually I was expected to pay for some of the, some of the printing costs and publish, you know, so they, they mm-hmm. really make your money not on the book, but on, on getting the book to press mm-hmm. you're contributing to their, to their costs of getting right. the
1: book. To press.
0: And, um, and I thought, oh, they're just going to nickel and dime me to death, but they didn't. They really didn't. I wanted an influencer package, and I wanted to get the book out into the hands of these organizations, you know, the grief organizations, mm-hmm. but also of the um, professional organizations. They put together an influencer package for me. They um, they didn't charge me. They charge you a little bit to get the ISBN numbers and the barcodes and all mm-hmm. that set up. Um, but they make sure that it's placed on Amazon, that it's placed on um, all the book lists where it's that sounds like a nice
1: service. Um,
0: they put it out on. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. You're, you're, I should have prepared this better. They they put it <laughs> out on the, where where you you put the preview books so that people could look at it and give me feedback mm-hmm. just as it was, was launched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the benefit of that before it went. Um, Before it was up on Amazon very much, they—I mean, they, 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 they—and it was sort of an a la carte menu. Like I, I didn't really want a big media. I I mean, I guess you know where they contact all the news agencies and stuff Mm because I didn't think anybody would look at this book unless they had an interest in children's right. And um, so I didn't want that, so that was off the table. And then they had the service where you they pay a little more and they enter it in a few contests. And I said, I'm, I'll just enter what I want to enter myself. But some of them require the publisher to to be the to enter the book. Mm-hmm. And they did that. They did that without charging me. You know, for, for those few that that there were two that they had to present the book. And they just did that. And they submitted it to. Um, Library Works, which is like 80,000 librarians. Oh, um, nice. They submitted a book to them, and that wasn't part of the services as somebody knew somebody. And it was actually the March 2021 Children's Book of the Month for that, for that um, organization. Not bad. Which, yeah. So they did, I mean, and they really held my hand through the whole process. I mean, I really did not have to worry about the bleeds and the page setups and mm-hmm. all the things. It very intimidating to me it, it's not what I know how to do I had taken some online courses I still felt like mm-hmm. I, and I and I cared too much about the book to not want it to look professional and they did a very professional job and I you know they ordered the books and I got my box you know I think their service included you know the first 40 books or something and then I ordered mm-hmm. it some more that wanted more for Heather and I to have and but all the way through, all of it was done uh, professionally. I still have some contact with them here and there. It, there was they didn't they had some experience with children's books. Actually, it turns out you know after all that gruff talk at the beginning, turns yeah. out they turned ninety five percent of the children's books that are submitted to them. Uh, I had no
1: idea. <laughs> I would so so you being a bull I, just I, kind of got you through that defense, <laughs> right? Because I thought
0: oh, hybrid publishing meant. You pay, they play. There, there wasn't mm-hmm. any. Discussion. They said, "Oh no, no." We, I, I didn't know this until I talked to my production team the first time. Right? <laughs> we turned out ninety five percent of the projects we get. I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> 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 <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody with that first phone call, on this phone call, please just forget you ever
1: knew. Anyone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, well, so it, it, I, I've been very happy with Greenlee. Um They've done a good job. They set the price of the book in, in anticipation of what they think the royalties, you know, the uh, what I wanted. You know, so that right. shot at making that what I have invested in the book, and it mm-hmm. turns out there was a, they didn't understand that the print size I wanted was not one that was available on Amazon. It was only available okay. through the Ingram Spark. And that created this problem. The first royalty check was so low and so much lower than what they told me to anticipate. And I thought, okay, here it is. The shoe is dropped. Right. And they said, they said, oh, our mistake. We didn't realize that you weren't going to be able to publish with both Ingram and Amazon because they don't have this um eight and a half by 10 um. Okay. Long. And uh-huh. and so we will we will absorb the difference and we will pay you what we originally told you. Oh, that was we nice. They we, didn't have to we, do we that. Make- no, they did not. And, and we, we kind of raised the price of the book at that point to uh-huh. make it um, to
1: compensate a little bit
0: on its own over time. But that, that first um, quarter or two, they made up the difference without um, because they felt that they, it was their mistake. And so I will tell you that if you do decide to go the hybrid publishing route, um you'll be happy with them i think they they said that they're not interested in one book they they want a relationship with their writers and i said you know i may be a one of. and they said that's fine we, we, we still we know you know other uh-huh. writers it's okay. right you know we we
1: we want to be a reputable and and um and here you're you know, doing I, them I, service on a podcast telling all uh, yeah, the listeners well, who are happen to be writers <laughs> about a publishing company <laughs>
0: Well, I, I have to say I had a really positive experience. I'm very grateful to the uh, New York. Um, actually, she's not a publisher. She's a, she reps books, but I mean, like, okay. you know, Sendak had been one of her customers and mm-hmm. before he passed away. I mean, she, she said, honey, you can't afford me. It's 60,000 and maybe I can get you on Oprah, but you can't afford me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can do that. that's, anyway, if you, yeah, that's better. That's better.
1: Right. <laughs> um how are you handling your marketing are are they helping you with marketing or have you taken that on because I know that's something that a lot of um self-publishers that's that's why they shy away from from regular publishing because they expect the publishers to do the marketing for the book and most of the publishers are like no, you're a no name we don't know you we're not going to do marketing for you I think
0: whether you do and this is I guess goes back to that question of what I didn't know. I always thought that one of the reasons a traditional publisher would be better was because they would take care of the, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. they don't I think a lot of they people think that they do not. You're going to have to, if, if if you are not interested in marketing your book, then you probably should write it for your friends and family, which is mm-hmm. a reasonable.
1: Yeah, you're not going to make money if you don't want to market it.
0: But keep your day job. Exactly. Um, and, and, I mean, I'll be happy if I ever break even on this book, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. But I—that's <laughs> because I—I I, I wrote it. You know, I do have a day job that, thank God, is fairly well paying, and I really wanted to write this book to fill a niche that was need. But patient mm-hmm. care—I mean, that's what drove me. Um, but you do have to market your own book, and um, with Greenleaf, they will. I mean, you can you can purchase a la carte marketing, more marketing. I wanted okay. that influence. The list I wanted to, which was my entree to to many of the organizations which subsequently have picked up my book and is recommended to parents and that they helped me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I ever go back, if I ever go back to them and say, look, I'm not being very successful on my own. Could you start marketing my book more, more aggressively? They will do it, but it, it's a fee for service. I mean, I would, okay. I would have to make that calculation that I, in my head that I can make back. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of resources. Again, SCWBI for 25 bucks. They have an October book stop and, um, you know, where, where publishers know to come look at the new new crop of books every year. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of inexpensive resources out there to help you with marketing, but you, you do have to find them. And, and then there are people like you, Deb, who have these podcasts that, that is reaching a whole other audience for Why Is Mommy Crying Explaining Early Pregnancy. Right. right. I, I think there are a lot of resources out there if you look, but you have to market. And and I and I will go to the medical conventions eventually once we're
1: back to normal. Done. <sighs> I, don't,
0: I don't know. know. Will I, we I,
1: ever I, be back to normal? This is a real,
0: yeah. I mean, a pandemic coulda now. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what advice you are, would you give someone? Why is Bonnie in lockdown? Will be. <natural>. <laughs> <laughs> Why is mommy crying? Mama because in she's in lockdown mask. with you guys. <laughs> Why
0: is mommy in mask and crying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so um what advice would you give someone who wants to write a children's book that's just starting out that has that idea? What advice would you give them?
0: You know, I think that writers think that more writing is better. If you are interested in writing a children's picture book you know i i I don't think the whole book has 400 words in it and you you have to pare your language way down i can see that that most most of after i wrote this book most of what i had to do was rewrite it and cut it down by Mm three-fourths you know to get it and and you have to be able to rely on the illustrations and uh, to have the visual interest both right. for the reader and the and the child. Mm-hmm. And I I think most people who start out writing children's picture books just don't understand how sparse the language really is.
1: That that's a good tip. I know from experience, like, I don't think I even put it together until you said the words out loud, but reading kids to my book, I'm not even sure they're entirely listening to my voice. I think they're mostly focusing on the pictures in the book.
0: And and they do. I mean, there are some children's picture books that have no language. Mm -hmm. There's the fish in the hat. Right. I mean, there's just, there are no words. It's all visual. And they, they look they look at all the details and that's one of the reasons why i you know from having young children i knew i wanted you know the little face of the little stuffed animal and the little you know and the face of the moon in the window to be reflecting the child's emotions and then heather had this absolutely brilliant idea of because the book talks about sometimes the baby only only makes it part of the way to a family before turning around to be to going back to god mm-hmm. God the baby right. and i really yeah, know how else do you explain miscarriage i, I mean, mean I a baby I that started <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. it's non-denominational there's no iconology there's no angels or heaven gates or anything but heather came up with this brilliant idea of having the baby flying around in the sky in a little red airplane with a propeller. And it's just so
1: cute. That's super cute. Yeah.
0: We had had the uh, mobile over the child's uh, bed with some airplanes and she just Mm -hmm. took off on that idea. And so flying around on the pages is this little airplane with a little baby pilot. It's so cute. But I I know kids would just focus,
1: laser focus Mm -hmm. on that. I I definitely know my kids would laser focus on that airplane. (laughs) <laughs> and they would stop listening to my words and be like, look, mom, the airplane's over here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is 100% what they would do. Okay. So um, what are the best resources? I mean, other than your very excellent publisher, uh, what are some of the best resources that helped you along the At way?
0: CWBI, the, the Society of Children Book Writers and Illustrators. Join your local regional chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, They their meetings online but uh right before the pandemic hit I'd gone to a regional meeting um there they they um embrace self-publishers hybrid publishers traditional publishers Mm -hmm. people have been very generous um the 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 authors the name authors who ran the workshops um oh lord I can't I I cannot believe I can't pull up her name but the the night night construction site author um mm-hmm. she, she, I mean, they're just so generous you know the we do I walked around with like black and white copies of my dummy you know and showed it right to people. um they also will put you with it, it, there's a, a critique uh, sessions with with established uh, editors and and publishers and agents um you know no one was interested in me because I'm a one mm-hmm. you know I have one book the under my wing that's i'm not sure i'll ever write another children's book but so agents were particularly interested in me but if you're interested in a career as a children's book writer and you're not a member of that organization you are really um i I think depriving yourself of a great resource people are so generous so welcoming the regional meeting i went to was I mean, I thought, oh, Chuck being a doctor, I want to be with these guys. Yeah, this is so much more fun to be quiet. know, I've got to, I've got to the heck with this, you know? They're a great group and they're very generous, very generous.
1: Yeah, it makes me want to be a children's author, even though I would be terrible at it, but it does, oh, that, 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 that story okay. makes me want to be a children's author. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why is mommy chucking her day job? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, be, being this your first time book and possibly, I guess, only book, although you made it sound like maybe you'd write something other than children's books. There for a second.
0: <laughs> well, I've done I've done some short stories and mm-hmm. I've done some professional publication, you, know, you know, journal articles and and, right. and and I've written quite a few guest editorials for um, our local paper here in Orlando. Okay. Uh, the sentinel i've been a guest editor for them for various topics mostly related to women's health most recently i wrote about the pandemic about my rights as a physician to remain healthy to <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you get your vaccine <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> so um what i was ago was going for with that is uh since it was your first time writing a children's book what was the biggest failure you experienced and why do you think that happened
0: i think I thought if I was just persistent enough and sent that cover letter out enough about this book and why I was writing it and, and
1: um, you mean to the traditional publishers
0: and what an incredible need there
1: was traditional
0: publishers. Um, SEBWI has a book called the big book and, mm-hmm. and in your every agent, every small press, every big press, everybody you could ever think of. Mm-hmm. And you know, whenever I wasn't doing something else, I was like sending out the cover letter and, and the book. And and actually over the time that I was doing this sort of things were moving from to all online. So I was on the laptop doing it. But I mean I, I had the book open and I was just going through the list and sending right. it out. And right, okay, if I do this enough, if I send out enough if I'm persistent enough, I mean, I've done other things that were pretty selective. I thought, okay, somebody will pick up this book mm-hmm. and nobody was interested in this book. And yet I knew it was a good book and a good story. I mean, I don't mean to sound like
1: right. I, I don't have a lot
0: of competition either, but <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I I knew there was a need. I knew there was a need. And, and I thought that I had been conscientious enough in, in filling that need that, that it would, anyway, make a long story short, nobody wanted it. I had to get mm-hmm. over it. And even though I got positive feedback from publishers, like, I love the book. I've had a miscarriage. I wish I had had this book.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: not right for our house. It's not right. It, was, it wasn't right for traditional publishing. Right, I think because that there wasn't anything else to compare it to, so nobody could say, Oh, yeah, we, you know, you know, uh, Erdman did this book and you know, they made you know, thirty thousand dollars on it in the first, you know, there it, it, it was just no track record, it right? have to be so there was
1: no data for them to uh, like look at right. and figure out if it was going to be a good fit or not,
0: so um. I was disappointed and I had to, I had to retool and, and I did thank God. And I had, and the book is done and, and yes, I had to invest my own money and yes, it was, uh, it was, it was not cheap to do it, but um, I I'm, I'm I'm happy that it's out in the world and can help people because miscarriage can be a very lonely time in a Mm -hmm. young woman's life and, and a very sad time in the family and there's not a lot of resources. You know, traditional religion hasn't caught up to the smaller family size and how precious every pregnancy is, and, and how devastating it can be to have a loss.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, miscarriage is—I don't know, to put it lightly—isolating. You feel very alone. Yeah, there's no one there- to talk to. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to listen to you.
0: And you you're supposed to you're supposed to um get on with it you know you're mm-hmm, young exactly yeah i never got pregnant again after my miscarriage um and I had wanted a larger family so i will say that um there are some wonderful organizations out there now that that uh, many are, are fairly new um there's the early pregnancy loss association online um starlight uh Foundation has done some really uh, wonderful uh, online programming around early pregnancy loss and, and term pregnancy loss, uh, mm-hmm. stillbirth loss.
1: Um, uh, Man, I wish I knew about those like six years ago. Friend, had,
0: you know, and I think, I think, you know, six years ago, maybe there weren't quite as many organizations. Now mm-hmm. there are Facebook groups and right. um, and that's a whole other a dinosaur like me to be uh, on social media, but I have some help with that. <laughs> uh, I I think that um, it the, the, there are more resources, thankfully. So um, now I forget what the actual original question was. <laughs> that, but I hope I answered.
1: <laughs> um. So I guess I'll just move on to the next question. Um, what's thank the biggest you, challenge you. you have right now, um, being an auth, being like a- an author? I kind of want to say post author. Like you have written, you have published. What is the biggest challenge in your life right now, regarding it, the book?
0: I, mean, I think anybody would have the same answer. It's COVID and marketing at the mm-hmm. time, and you don't you don't have traditional book signing. You don't have um, there just aren't any of the traditional. Mechanisms out there for you to promote your book. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody who had interviewed me or who I'd done a blog for—I don't even remember what I did for that particular organization. I do whatever anybody asks because I, I want the book to be out in the world. Um, but uh, somebody emailed me and said, "Oh, you know, we're having our annual fundraiser and we'd like your to have your book to sell at our table. Could where mm-hmm. where do we get ten copies?" i like. <laughs> Hallelujah! You know, <laughs> the mail this afternoon. Yeah. Um, it, it just printing costs and, and the shipping. I'll mm-hmm. happy to. You. And and I went to a bookstore the other day because I needed, actually, for for Heather Bell's uh child. I wanted to get. Uh, I was sending her some books. And I wanted to put something in the book for for her child, mm-hmm. and. uh who was the first reader, uh, child reader of the story, and, and was fascinated and loved the story? So, mm-hmm. if totally, wrong, you should illustrate it. So <laughs> was, uh, whenever I send anything to Heather, I always put something in the box uh, for her child. And That's um, sweet. So, I stopped by this little bookstore that was happened to be open and close to the, to the uh, post office, and the 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 big independent bookstore in town said, "Oh, a local author! Oh, boy, what a headache!" Can you, can you, can <laughs> right. Can you, as soon as possible but they i i said yeah i hate to say this but but maybe you know do you, do you have any interest in local authors that wrote this book this children's book and uh and so they um i emailed the they gave me the address of the owner i emailed her and she said oh i'd love to i'd love to have your book i was so touched so i yeah, that's
1: so nice
0: and and some people have been incredibly Generous. I mean, I've reached out to this random. Like, if, if you're, if <laughs> if you've written uh, a traditional press article about miscarriage and breaking the science around miscarriage, you've gotten mm-hmm. an email from me. You know? <laughs> and I wrote, and said, oh, I- I'm I'm undergoing chemo now for breast cancer, but I'd be love to blog about your book. Just give me your your <laughs> your Facebook and Twitter, right. and whatever it is. You know, which, of course, I call Eve, who's my little, my, my student friend who's helping me with all the Facebook, which can be this stuff that I'm not supposed to know what it is. What's <laughs> <So, laughs> my handle? <laughs> anyway, Bloggers speak a totally another language. Getting, getting chemo chair, getting chemo and promoting my book on her website. I mean, this author. It was that's so amazing. Touching. The people have been incredibly generous. Not everybody's like the local independent bookstore, which will go unnamed. <laughs> but but, okay. but um, Spiral Circle uh, you know, took took the book and and so it, you know it's getting out there, but it's in so slow because of COVID. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I if if anybody who works for you know Oprah is listening and you want to read this book, it would really be great on the book.
1: Call. Listen, if if Oprah I, was in my audience, I wish I would know about it. <laughs> I'm sure she listens. Maybe someone in her circle, circle, circle (laughs) listens, and it might go up the circles. It did. It did get a very
0: nice, um, you know, reader's uh, five-star book review. It also got a very nice book review from the Midwest um, Book Association. That they they featured it as. um, So it it has been really well reviewed. It's it's a it's there's I think sixty the last time I looked reviews on uh, Amazon and anybody in the audience who like to read and write about the book feel free. But <laughs> there's uh, it's pretty much a five star review all the way around every time. Nice, review, it really makes me happy. So yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It, it that's been really good, but just getting any book out in the world right now mm-hmm. because of COVID launching. During COVID yeah. is a challenge. I don't care you know, who you are.
1: Yes. So, Marketing right that, now that, is everybody's bane yeah. of existence, I think.
0: Right. And and you know, the, the time's gonna come when you know the everybody's gonna start meeting in person. Some of the high some of the medical meetings are hybrid meetings now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and I'll put a couple boxes of books in a car and drive over to wherever they're, mm-hmm. you know, let me put up a table.
1: You could send any, uh, everybody like a licensed PDF copy of it. Like, hey, here's a preview of what I have.
0: Well, I actually have been sent. I have sent a, a review PDF out, um, mm-hmm. you know, sort of low resolution, but I have sent right. the review PDF out a lot. And and um, I think I sent it to you mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, that, that I do do it. It's not, I mean, it's not license. But one thing things Greenleaf did, of course, was copyright right. was part of their process. So, I mean, I, I felt like, okay, somebody what, what's somebody going to do? Publish my children's picture book with my pictures and my words? Yes, and, and, y-
1: and your name and everything on it? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> They'll publish it for you. i <laughs> <Have> at it. <laughs> so, uh, a final question about the book. Um, if did I did I cover everything you wanted to talk about? Like, if if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked myself that I haven't done?
0: Oh, you've done a great job, Deb. I <laughs>
1: I just I I always like to. I it, want to cover my bases and make sure I didn't miss some obvious topic. For like, you know, you always. I feel like I'm always missing something obvious. I,
0: I, well, I, I think I think writing a children's picture book, writing any book, that you people think of it as sort of a, 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 solitary task, but really mm-hmm. without that from other people, without, without it being workshop, without it, without all the, the context and contact that I had with all the other writers and, and it, it would not be as good a book as it is. And, and you, you really do have to listen to what other people are going to give you as feedback. And, and you have, you know, you, you, you have to embrace that part of the writing process mm-hmm. and, and it'll, it'll give you a much better book. And, and I, I've learned that over and over with this mm-hmm. book and with other writing that I've done.
1: Yeah. I've heard but, it put that, Um, you know, you know, the, the, the famous, like it takes a village to raise a child. I've heard it applied many times to writing in general, that it takes a village to produce a good piece of work.
0: It, it's really not. It, I mean, some of it's solitary, of course, but, but, all good writing is rewriting You, you really do have to have feedback from other people to make the book accessible to everyone and in and, and you know there there are some things in here that in the first draft were, were you know friends, families some people, yeah, you really sure
1: you want to say it that way? Probably
0: the 20th <laughs> time I heard it, I thought, okay, fine, that's got to go. You know,
1: but, <laughs> Maybe these 20 people have know something or have figured something out that yeah, I question. just want to hear.
0: Right, the first half a dozen people, it's like, oh, that's their problem. What do they know? You
1: know? <laughs> when but it gets I, to twenty four, though, that that's that's the line.
0: Right, that's when I could finally say, oh, maybe I have a Because yeah. <laughs> your words get to be like your little babies. But mm-hmm. if I had to add anything, and I know we're getting close to our um, end of our time, if not over, but I would say that it's the. Silence around miscarriage that that needs to be broken, that so many women, of course, wait, they want to wait till they know everything's going to be all right. You know, most mm-hmm. early pregnancy loss is a fairly common event um, as to, I mean, the, the, I've written a whole essay about, you know, what's the number, but, right. um, you know, at, at somewhere around one in four pregnancies experience um, end of miscarriage. Sometimes, even oh, that—that's an awful pregnant.
1: statistic. It, it is, but but but
0: it's yeah, you know, it's but it, it is, it is an mm-hmm. awful
1: statistic. Um,
0: and 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 many women are waiting till they're out of that first trimester, that they're through twelve weeks before they even tell anyone they're pregnant, and. Mm-hmm. Not really showing and it becomes a very private thing. And then women have shame, oh, you know, maybe I should have rested more. I shouldn't have like, you know, mm-hmm. yelled at my husband. I should have put my feet up. I shouldn't have been working mm-hmm. full time. I mean, all the things that we can self-flagellate ourselves. Right. for. If only
1: my body, body produced more progesterone.
0: <laughs> none of which, well, maybe the progesterone, none of which, <laughs> may, you know, probably make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, It, it just, a book like this helps to end the silence. And if you don't know what to say to somebody who's had a miscarriage, a book like this can open that door and let someone know someone's caring on the other side. I, I think because I'm a physician, people might've expected it was going to have a very scientific explanation. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's meant to be an explanation that a child can understand and feel comforted by. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think it succeeds in that. I think the people who have reviewed the book feels that it succeeds in that, and mm-hmm. and I hope I hope it continues to give families who have known the sadness comfort, and and I hope you found it comforting.
1: Thank you. Um, I did. I felt like the emotion, the correct emotion, was there. Like I think if I had my own miscarriage before I had my my other kid, my my kids. So, um, if I had had them first, I feel like they would have understood that emotion. And because that's, you know, obviously what the young mind is going to gear towards is that emotion.
0: Well, I think at some point they may want to understand, you know, they may ask, uh,
1: mm-hmm. you know, if. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm very open about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, and I so I still think a story like this can have a place um, in, a, in any family that's had a loss mm-hmm. regardless of what the chronology was. Mm-hmm
1: um so just before before we end i just want to put some things out there about miscarriage um would you have any advice for someone who might be experiencing mis, a, mis, a pregnancy miscarriage now mostly or be experiencing be pregnancy now. loss not exactly miscarriage. If, if you're experiencing a miscarriage please go see your doctor but for anyone who might be experiencing pregnancy loss
0: I think that that there are resources out there. You, 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 you may need to look a little bit. Um, the back of the book lists some resources like Star Legacy Foundation and Compassionate Friends. Um, there's, uh, if you're worried about your children, there's the National Alliance for Grieving Children. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics has some, has some resources also, mm-hmm. but as I said, there's a lot of Facebook groups now and, and really great. The early pregnancy loss associations, a great group of people. Um, you can find a community. You can find people to share your feelings with, who aren't going to tell you to just get on with things and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you're young, you're healthy. You'll have as many as you want. Uh mm-hmm. and, I tell my, I well, I, I when I was in practice and I'd have a patient have a miscarriage, I I would tell them, look, you have to develop a little bit of selective deafness. And people may say things that you find unhelpful,
1: mm-hmm. and you just
0: have to not hear it. What you have to hear is, "I'm sorry, I care. Can I do the laundry?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, and just not hear the the, the right. very odd things. That, that sometimes people say, thinking that they're comforting. Like, yes. They're really,
1: they're comforting. Yeah. I, I'm probably one of those people accidentally, I never know what to say to someone who's going through a, some kind of emotional state. I always say somehow the wrong thing. So any listener, I, I apologize if I've offended you in my, my life. <laughs> I, swear, I, swear that they, I think the important thing is to remember that people do
0: care and, they, mm-hmm. and they're trying to say and And to not... Not fall prey to that 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 tendency we have to blame ourselves, to find fault mm-hmm. with ourselves, to think that 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 um, somehow it was all our fault. And, right, you know, just that, reach out to others, and and uh, there is comfort out there.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's okay to grieve. You don't have to just move on to the next one. It's okay to stop and grieve and cry and be upset. That is. That is okay.
0: It very much is okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, where can people find your book?
0: Um, Why is Mommy Crying? Explaining Early Pregnancy Loss to Young Children is available through Amazon. It should be able to be ordered wherever children's books you usually would like to purchase your children's books. They should be mm-hmm. able to access it. And um, you can also get it through you know Greenleaf Book Group. Um, publishing but if you just google it it'll pop up
1: awesome well thank you for taking the time to talk to me tonight
0: thank you so much for having me deb i really enjoyed it and i so appreciate what you're doing with your podcast for writers
1: well, thank you so join me next wednesday when i'm going to talk to eric erickson about story structure until then keep reading keep writing and go do what you do best you got this. If you've experienced or ex- are, are experiencing a miscarriage and need to talk to somebody, backline 1 888 493 0092 is an excellent free hotline that provides non judgmental support for, to women facing a range of pregnancy outcomes. If talking to someone is too raw right now, and I understand that, Unspoken Grief is a website where families experiencing prenatal loss can tell their stories. Read and Write Podcast is edited and produced by Deborah Zebarth. The music was written and performed by Jay Hunger. And audio effects were created by Red Octopus and Black River Phonogram. Show notes and previous episodes can be found at readandwritepodcast.com. Special thanks to Corey Bale and all the special thanks to Corey Bale and all the subscribers who make this podcast possible. You guys are awesome. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate Read&Write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read&Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast YouTube channel for Write With Me Monday's live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays.